Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. We're about to receive God's Word. And uh, I want to speak to you about something that I think is really uh, important, because it's always important, God's Word. Yes? Yes. So I want to speak to you on the subject of overcoming discouragement. Overcoming discouragement, because I know that we have all been discouraged at one time in our life. And discouragement is a reality. And when I come to a subject such as this, I always ask myself the question, was Jesus ever discouraged? And the scripture tells us that he was tempted in every way that is common to a person or to a man to experience. And he was at times discouraged. We have reference to the times when he would say to the Father, Lord, these people that you have given me, these disciples, will they ever get it? Will they ever understand? Oh, Lord, why? And him praying for the nation and probably feeling discouraged that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was discouraged, but Jesus didn't stay in discouragement. He worked through discouragement. So this morning... If you have ever been discouraged, and if it ever comes, this is what you want to do. So the first thing I want us to understand is, what is discouragement? How does uh, our wonderful English language determine what discouragement is? And this is what it is. It means to be disheartened, dispirited, lose confidence a loss of enthusiasm. And I thought that was interesting because the original word enthusiasm was created to describe what a Christian was. Entheos, full of God. Loss of enthusiasm and to lose courage. So if you've ever been discouraged, if you've ever experienced that time where you've been disheartened, dispirited, you've you've you know, lost that enthusiasm for something, or you don't have courage, then I want you to listen really carefully this morning. So if that is what discouragement is, how does it come? What brings discouragement into our life? Very simply, unmet expectation. When you have an expectation about something, and it doesn't happen, and you go, oh, I'm so discouraged. The enemy will bring discouragement to you. You know, we are spiritual beings and as people of faith, we now work and walk in a spiritual dimension. And so the enemy wants to take that courage out of your life. And we have to be aware of that. We're not to be ignorant the way the enemy comes to us. The Bible says, be aware. People can discourage you. Who's ever been discouraged by someone? Oh, don't you love people? We have to love people because Jesus loves people, but we, 
sometimes someone will come and they will discourage you. Take that courage out of you. Circumstances can be discouraging. You know, you can be doing something for years and years and years and having a hope of how things are going to go and then you feel like, oh, circumstances. And the last one, which I think is really, really important to think about, is self. You can discourage yourself. You can take the courage out of yourself. You can lose that enthusiasm. You can think, oh, those expectations are never going to happen. So that's how it comes. And I want to give you some biblical examples so we can look at discouragement and see how it does come. So when it does come for us, we can go, ah, that's discouragement. Sometimes you've got to stop and think, I'm in this place at the moment. I'm in a place of faith. Who's ever had that place of faith where you think, man, I can run through a troop, I can leap over a wall, I, I, I know that God is with me, I sense His presence, His Word is like fire in my heart, I can do anything He calls me to do. And then other times you can feel like, I, I just want to go home and hide under the blankets and just cry and cry and cry. So we can have these feelings and we're going to go, okay, where am I? If I'm in a place of faith, great. If I'm in a place of discouragement, great, because I need to know why discouragement comes, how it comes. What are the biblical examples that, that take place that we can see that happen in our own life? So, here's the first one. And discouragement can come because of the brutality of slavery. Let me read you this scripture. Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. I want you to think about this. The children of Israel have been in slavery for years and years. And they're worn down through the brutality of slavery. We've never experienced what they experienced. Being beaten with rods, been shattered at, kicked, punched, slapped, spat on, belittled through the brutality of slavery. Poor food, and they've just managed to exist through life. And this is what it says, Exodus 6 verse 9. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said. And he told them, God is going to deliver you. God's coming through for you. It's going to happen. You've got to believe it, folks. Hang in there. But they refused to listen anymore. I've heard about the promises of God. It says they had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. They become, they just lost all courage. The brutality of slavery. They were literally worn out. And folks, they weren't worn out physically. They were worn out mentally and emotionally. Mentally, no, not happened. I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up. They're worn out. How do I know that? Because when they left Egypt, they walked for 40 years in the desert. So they weren't worn out physically, but mentally and emotionally, they were just like, I'm done. I am done. I'm done. I'm done. 
Moses turns up and says, God's going to deliver you. No, I'm worn out. I can't take it. Do you know, folks, the hardest thing to do is to change your mindset when you've been living in it for years and years and years. And to get slavery out of the mind of a person is a really difficult thing. To get it out of their heart. Because what they will do, they will default to the way they've always thought. And they will default to the way they've always felt. But God wants us to move forward and not be discouraged. In fact, we were once slaves to sin. Slaves to sin. I thought it was interesting what Jackie spoke about. How that God was going to make us white as snow. Do you know one of the hardest things for the believer is to get out of the mentality that they are still a slave to sin. A slave to sin. And you say, what do you mean? As a believer, saved by faith, believing and having a conviction that Jesus is living in my life, filled with the Holy Spirit. But sometimes... It's the pain of the sin that we've experienced and the pain of being bound up in our minds that we find it hard to move forward and we become discouraged. We have literally been worn out mentally and emotionally. And that's why the scripture says you are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your spirit is not renewed. Your mind is renewed. Do you know that you receive one million thoughts per second when you are awake. A million thoughts, a million pieces of information. This is what scientists and researchers have found. A million. And you go, how how does that happen? I mean, I can't even think about how I can find the car keys at home because I put them down somewhere. But what what he's saying is, as you are looking at me, you are... You see this and you see that and you see this and you see that. And there are a million things coming into your mind at once. But do you know what? You can only actually process between 40 and 50 pieces of information in a second. And if that's the case, in a 12-hour waking day, you have 2 million pieces of information flooding your brain. Your brain has the capacity to receive 74 gigabytes of information a day. And during the day, you actually receive 34 gigabytes of information. And it is increasing, they say, scientists, 5% every year. Your brain has the capacity to hold 2.5 million gigabytes of information. Do you know what that's equivalent to? It's equivalent to three million movies. But you'll never get there. And with that experience of that sin and the pain in your life, it's kind of like ingrained in your brain and ingrained in your heart. And God doesn't want you to be discouraged because when those things come, bang, He wants you to get over them. He wants you to move right over the top of We were slaves to sin. And those experience and those pains, they can hold us unless we accept that we are forgiven in Christ Jesus.
you, what do you think those people of Israel's, they, they, you know, the, they said when Moses turned up, if they had been worn out by the brutality of slavery? They would have probably said, God, where are you? Have you ever prayed that in your circumstance? God, where are you? God, I'm not praying anymore. I'm finished. Can't take it anymore. It's just you're worn out. That's what discouragement, I can't do it anymore. God doesn't want you to be discouraged. You've got, to, you've got to push through this stuff. I had a friend say to me once, I'm done with church. And I'm kind of like, man, Jesus is building his church. Maybe you, you know, maybe you didn't done enough of it. If you're done with it, maybe you didn't done enough of it. You've got to press through. Discouraged. Jesus is still building his church, friends. Don't let your circumstances discourage you. Here's the second thing. People will discourage you for you to stay where you are. They'll discourage you to stay where you are. Here's the scripture, Exodus 32, verse 7 to 9. Exodus, they're getting out of, they're getting out of Egypt and they're moving into where? promised land a land flowing with milk and honey and this is what it says why so there's the backstory is there's some tribes who want to stay outside the promised land and there's other ones who are trying to move forward but the ones who want to stay outside the promised land are trying to talk those who are going to leave them to stay this is what it says Moses says why do you want to discourage the rest of the people of Israel from going across to the land that the Lord had given them? Your ancestors did the same when they went and I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And after they went up to the valley of Eshkol and explored the land, they discouraged the people of Israel from entering into the land that God was giving them. They were discouraging them and saying, hey, look, this is, a, this is a good place to be. This is a good place. The land is fertile. But God wanted them over there. Folks, there is a good place and there's the God place. And you're going to have people who will discourage you to stay where you are because it's a good place. But it's not the God place. When I decided to go into the ministry... And the job that I had was a good place. I'm telling you, it was good. And everyone said to me, of all the other managers that I was working with, with all the other companies that I was involved with, in, in all the suppliers, they said, don't do it. This is what they said. You will never have another opportunity like this in your life. It was a good place, but it wasn't the God place. And people will want you to stay where you are when you know that God is calling you to go and do something better. There are good places and there's the God place. Never, ever settle for the good place when God wants you to go to the place that he's called you to. And these tribes said, oh no, stay. It's going to be, it's, gonna, it's good here. It's great. It's a fertile land. Things are going to grow. We're all going to be happy. And in your heart, there's this pounding because God is calling you to his place. 
You never want to live a life of regret when God calls you. Because you will live a life of quiet desperation. Because you will ask yourself, what if? What if I had answered the call of God and gone? What if I had obeyed God and done that thing? You just don't know what's going to open up for you. They discourage them. Stay here. Has God called you to a better place rather than the good place? Here's the other way that discouragement comes. Intimidation by the enemy. Intimidation by the enemy. Nehemiah is burdened for the building of the city of God. And through a stack of miraculous interventions, he goes and gets the support of the king, Artaxerxes, to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he goes. But whenever you start to build something in your life, I am telling you, discouragement will come. And people will try to intimidate you. Oh, you're never going to be smart enough to do that. You'll never, never make it. Oh, you don't know. Gee whiz. You know, I know someone who tried to do that and they failed. You've ever had someone tell you that? Hmm? Oh, no, no. They'll try to intimidate you. Listen to Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 9. As Nehemiah is working and building and doing a good work. It says, they were just trying to intimidate us. Imagining they could discourage us. And stop the work. How were they uh, discouraging them? Through rumors and lies. Rumors and lies. That's how discouragement comes. The three guys that were trying to discourage uh, Nehemiah was Tobiah, Sanballat and Gershom. And in the scripture says Gershom the Arab. They're trying to discourage him. And they said, we heard Nehemiah that you are trying to set yourself up as king of Judah. I think we might share that with King Artaxerxes, where you came from. It's a rumor. The rumors and lies. Don't get discouraged when people are telling lies about you. Do you know what Nehemiah said? Rubbish. Just lies. Call it what it is. They're just lies. Rumors and lies. Have you ever had someone tell a lie about you? Speak falsely about you? A rumor? I tell you what, if that ever happens and you know it's a lie, it's a lie, stand up to it because that's exactly what Nehemiah said. You're just talking absolute nonsense. Stop it. He's doing a good work and he continued on. So you're going to get discouraged. It's going to come. Simply going to come. But you've got to move through it. Here's the fourth thing how discouragement comes. It comes from giants. Giants. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 21. They sent out the children of Israel into the promised land. And guess what they discovered? There's giants in the land. Look. He has a place, the land in front of you. This is Moses saying, he's placed the land in front of you. 
go and occupy it as the Lord your God of your ancestors had promised. And then he says, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Go. But there was just giants in the land. You know what giants are? Giants is something that is bigger and stronger than you on the face of it. On the face of it, there are giants. I face giants. You face giants. But when you continue, guess what? The giant comes and falls down at your feet. Giants will come to you. Maybe it's a giant as in sickness. Maybe it's a giant in the form of losing a job and thinking I'll never be able to get over this. They were afraid of giants, but we have to face the giant. Do you know why we can face giants? Because we can remember what God has done for us in the past. Think about what God has done for us in the past. And regardless of how big the giant is, it will fall every time. They should have remembered the deeds of the things that God had done in Egypt while they were still slaves. God sent plagues, frogs. I hate frogs. Boils, hailstones, gnats, all of them. They've forgotten. Don't forget. When you come to a giant, God came through in the past. He will come through in the present. Don't be afraid of a giant. Never be afraid of a giant. It's God's way of making you bigger and stronger than the giant. They may be giants, but they are never greater than God. So the areas of discouragement you're going to face, the brutality of slavery, the past, the pain of sin and experiences, people wanting you to accept what is good rather than what is God, intimidation, lies, and giants. And I'm sure if we search the Scripture, and if you search discouragement, you would find more examples. But here's the thing. Do you know what runs right alongside discouragement? Fear. Fear and discouragement are parallel lines. They work together. Because as soon as you start to fear, you will start to be discouraged. So I want to tell you how not to respond firstly to discouragement. When discouragement comes and you've got to name it. If you're at home or you're at work and you're feeling discouraged, you go, this is discouragement. What do I do when it happens? Well, don't do this. Here's the backstory. David, the king of Israel, is kicked out of his palace by his son Absalom. His own son chases him out of the city. And David crosses over. So Absalom says, what should we do now? What should we do now? And there is a guy there, and the guy's name is uh, Ahithophel. And Ahithophel says to, to Absalom, what should we do? And this is what he says. Ahithophel says, in um, uh, 2 Samuel 17, verse 2. This is what he says, 2 Samuel 17, verse 2. Ahithophel says, I will catch up with him while he is weary and discouraged. Ha-ha, discouraged can come when you are tired. 
Hmm. When your defenses are down, Ahithophel says, I will catch up with him while he is weary and discouraged. He and his troops, and this is what you do not do, he and his troops will panic and run away. When discouragement comes, don't panic. Don't run away. And this is what he says, Ahithophel, who served David, then I will kill only the king. Oh, what a rascal this guy was. So folks, when discouragement comes, what do you not do? Do not panic. If you're working for a company and they tell you one day that they are going to sell the company, don't be discouraged because you are not going to what? Panic and run away. You're going to wait for God to tell you everything's going to be cool. That happened to Shane this week. His company just got bought off. He just moved to a new company. He left his other place, went to a new place. And then what, two or three weeks later, they say, oh, by the way, we didn't tell you at the job interview, um, but we're selling the company and someone else is taking place. And uh, guess what? We don't know if you're going to have a job. How do you think he felt? And then there's rumors and lies. I don't think you're going to be able to keep this job, Shane. You know, there's a lot of good guys out there. Rumors and lies. But when everyone else is losing their head, you just keep yours. You do not panic and you do not run away. Unless someone has a big stick and they're chasing you. Then you can run away. But run back. Don't run away. That's what discouragement does. It does it to you internally. You know, you panic. Don't panic. So, folks, how do you move through discouragement? And you've got to move through discouragement. There are three convictions you've got to have locked down in your heart and mind. Three convictions you need to say to yourself time and time again. This is what the believer must say. Number one. Here it is, Deuteronomy 3, verse 18. And it says it, look, do not be afraid or discouraged. They're running together parallel, discouragement and fear. It says the Lord will personally go ahead of you. Always remember that God has already gone ahead of you. God is never caught out by what something is going to happen. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? I'm encouraged by that. He will be with you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. Deuteronomy 3.18. He won't. Remember that. He is going before me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I wonder why he said enemies and rather friends. The Lord will go ahead of you. Number two. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem and of Riverside Church. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and Pastor Jim. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Oh, there's fear again, right there. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army that's before you. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
It's God's battle. This life that we're living, that God wants us to live, He's already fought the fight. It's His battle. He goes ahead of you, and it's His battle. You just got to stand when you've done everything to stand. You just got to stand. Number three, 2 Chronicles 32, verse 7. Be strong and courageous. And again, look, folks, don't be afraid or discouraged because the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is a power greater for us right here by our side. He goes ahead of us. The battle is his and he is greater than anything that exists. And when you're in those places of discouragement, you are just going to have to suck it up and think because you've got to go through discouragement. So, responding to discouragement. Four actions in the fight. You've got to fight the good fight. 1 Timothy 6.12. Here's the first one. Number one, be strong and courageous. Joshua, 1 verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Folks, it is sitting right there. Please get the revelation. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, strong and courageous versus fear and discouragement. That's the fight. Be strong and courageous. Be strong means to fortify yourself as you're getting ready to do something. I've been listening to a whole lot of bits of information that's coming on Facebook at times. And for some strange reason, the information that's coming up is how to live a long life. They must have found out how old I was. How to live a long life. And the first one that came up was eat a cup of beans every day and you will live four years longer. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if Pavy would live four years longer if I was eating a cup of beans every day. <laughs> a cup of beans every day. This is this medically proven by scientists and researchers, I am sure. A cup of beans every day and you will live four years longer. And I'm thinking, I'm going to live to 105. I better start eating them beans. Then the other one that came up was this. Um, if you take a nap during the day from 20 to 30 minutes, you reduce the risk of heart attack by over 60%. That, yeah, a nap. Who's up for naps? Yeah. Yay! Who's up for beans? Not so many. All right. But the other one that I thought was really interesting, and I've been thinking about doing this, is they're talking about jumping in the cold water between three to six minutes. Have you heard that? Yeah. So just three to six minutes. And what they say is this, that, you know, that the energy is released through your body and it fights fat. So I'm happy with that one. And, and it makes you stronger because, you know, your body needs to what? Heat up if you're in a cold water. So I'm standing on the edge of the pool. 
and it's cold. And you know how much I love the cold? And I'm thinking three to six minutes, three to six minutes. Well, actually, Finnish people live for quite a long time because they have saunas and then the crazy ones, they jump in to the snow and they rub themselves down and jump in the cold water. So I'm standing next to the pool and I'm thinking, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. And you know when you're about to do something, what do you usually do? On the count of three. Who's, who's done that? One, two, strong and courageous, three. Can't do it. And then all of a sudden I find myself, I'm in the water. Praise God for a woman who wants me to live to be 105. <laughs> but folks, it's this. Strong and courageous against what? Fear and discouragement. You get strong where you just say, I'm just going for it. I'm just going for it. I remember the first time I jumped off a 10-meter diving board. All right? Man, you do these things. You've just got to be strong. When the enemy is coming to your life and saying, you'll never be well. You'll always have this sickness. You'll never get that job promotion. You'll never pass that test. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear and do not be discouraged. Push through. This was Joshua's line in his life. Listen to this, what I discovered. When Moses was about to die, he turns to Joshua and he says, it's at the end of Deuteronomy, what's the last book before Joshua? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Last chapters of Deuteronomy. Moses is about to die and he says to Joshua, what do you think he says? Be strong and... I just asked him to respond properly. Okay. What do you think Moses said to Joshua when he's about to die? Be strong and courageous. So he says it to him once. In Joshua chapter 1, God says to Joshua four times... What do you think he says to him? Be strong and? Right. Once from Moses, four times from God, and then as he's about to take on the leadership of the nation, the people says, yes, go ahead and lead us, but be strong and courageous. Six times before he takes on the mantle of leadership, and you go, oh, wow, that's really good. I'm telling you, folks, you have got to get the confession about being strong and courageous in your life. When you're coming to a place of discouragement and you think you can't do it, you have to say, I need to be strong and courageous. How do I know this? Because in, in Joshua chapter 10, verse 25, Joshua turns to his men and he says, what do you think? Be strong and courageous. So now that which he has been spoken over his life is now in his life and it becomes so much part of him. He says this, do not be afraid or discouraged. Joshua told his men, be strong and courageous for the Lord is going to do 
all of this to your enemies. Wipe them out. Because discouragement can sit there right with you. But you've got to be strong and courageous. Get that part of your vocab when you're in discouragement. I am going to be strong and courageous. You're going to start a new job. You remember starting a new job? And there's like a billion things to learn. There's not, but it feels like a billion things to learn. You start a new course and you're studying and there's like a billion things to learn and you're feeling overwhelmed and discouraged. Be strong and courageous. You can do it. Second thing, put your hope in the Lord. Praise Him. Praise Him again and remember Him. Here's a scripture. Psalm 42, verse 5 and 6. Listen to this. When I am discouraged, why is my heart so sad? Have you ever woken up and just felt sad and discouraged? Just a bit down? Why is my heart so sad? This is what the psalmist says. I will put my hope in God and I will praise Him again. Well, if he's saying he praised Him again, he must have praised Him initially. So you can be praising God, and then you've got to say, I'm going to praise Him again. I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to praise Him, and I'm going to praise Him again. And now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. I remember what you had done. So what do you do? You're strong and courageous. You put your hope in Him. You praise Him. You praise Him again, and you remember Him, that He is God. You know the power of worship is? You know what that really is when you praise Him? Well, I'm singing. I'm singing songs. No, you're not. That's the least part of, of worship, folks. It's the least part singing. Uh, you know, like when a chorus comes, what you do when you sing and you sing out loud is that you are saying, you are God, you are greater than me, and I'm putting my hope in you, and I will praise you because I know where I am and I know where you are, and I'm going to connect with you, and I'm going to praise you. That's why you need to praise Him and praise Him again and remember Him. Number three, pour out your heart. Hannah, who wants to have a baby, and she's just overwhelmed and she's so discouraged. She's got her offsider, so-called friend, the other wife of Elkanah, and, and, he, and she's given him grief, given her grief. And so she goes to the house of God and she prays and she's just praying like that just pouring her heart out to God because she can't have a bum and she's sick and discouraged and Eli the prophet sees her and Eli the prophet goes this woman's drunk that's what he thought first thought and this is what it says after he accuses her of being drunk first Samuel 1 15 oh no sir she replied I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. You're discouraged? Just pour it out to Him. Tell Him. And Eli turns around and says, by this time, you will have a child. And that child was an incredible gift that grew up to be one of the greatest prophets in the whole of the Old Testament. Pour out your heart. He knows what's in it. Just pour it out to him. Give it to him. God, I'm so discouraged about this. Tell the Lord. And the last one. You continue with determination when you're discouraged. 
you remember the three guys I told you about? Tobiah, Sanballat, and Geshem, the Arab. <laughs> I didn't finish the rest of that verse in Nehemiah 6 verse 9. He said this, they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining they could discourage and stop the work. And this is what he says. The work will even, uh, he, I will continue the work and it will even be greater and I will do it with greater determination. I'm going to keep on working even though I'm criticized by liars and rumors. I am going to continue with greater determination. You've got to press through and press over that hill and you just got to keep doing it with greater determination. Do not let discouragement win in your life, believer. God is with you. Remember the Lord is going before you. Remember the battle is the Lord. Remember that He is greater than anything that exists. Be strong and courageous. Put your hope in Him. Praise Him. Praise Him again. Remember Him. Pour out your heart to the Lord and continue with great determination. And you will overcome discouragement and you will walk through that and you'll get on the other side. And you will stand as a testimony for the goodness of God. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous. I know that there are hopes and dreams in everybody's heart here this morning. Don't let discouragement win. Be strong and courageous. Let's all stand this morning. You can beat this thing called discouragement. You can overcome it. Now, you might not be discouraged today or now, but I am telling you, there will come a time when you will feel discouraged. There will come a time when you'll just think, can I ever get over this or through this or around it? Yes, you can. Be strong and courageous. Get that confession going in your heart and get it out of your mouth. I am going to be strong and I am going to be courageous. Amen? Amen. Why don't we just pray together? And if that's you this morning, I want you to make that confession. I'm going to be strong and courageous. It doesn't matter where it's at, what it's about, but the Lord is with you. He goes before you. He is your strength. Amen? Amen. Lift up your eyes to the Lord. That's where our help comes from. And He gives us help. But folks, you have to work through it. As you go, He comes. That's faith. As you step out, He will empower you. Lord, I'm going to be strong and courageous. Father, I pray right now for everyone here this morning and those who are online, if they're feeling discouragement or when the time of discouragement comes, I pray, O oh God, that their confession will be, I am going to be strong and courageous. I, I am going to put my hope in you, God. I am going to praise you and praise you again. I am going to remember you. I'm going to pour out my heart to you, O oh God. I'm going to give it to you, O oh God, because you're with us, O oh God. And I pray, God, that when those times of discouragement come, People would realize this is a time of discouragement, 
I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.